Welcome back, Cal listeners. This is Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. Cal, there's some big news going on right now with the Suez Canal. And I've made mistakes in my life, but I don't think I ever made a $400 million an hour mistake. Have you ever made a mistake like that? Thank God, no. It's hit the news quite hard this week. The Suez Canal incident, to be honest, from my perspective, I find it hard to see how that actually happened. There's always room for error and things can happen, of course, but it's a very expensive mistake in terms of trade. So that's a big mess up. For those of you who don't know, what happened is a few days ago, a cargo ship, 400 meters long, so it's as long as the Empire State Building is high. So the huge skyscraper style, enormous cargo ship. And it was passing through this West Canal in Egypt. That's one of the world's main routes for ships to pass by. And it is incredibly narrow. And it actually got itself into a wedge where it blocked the entire canal. It's that big. So it's stuck in a way that it tilted to its side and crossed the entire canal. So any ships behind it weren't able to pass. And based on the estimates that $9.6 billion worth of goods pass through that canal every single day. So it's a huge deal. You're talking all kinds of goods, food, supplies, oil, you name it. Everything goes through there. So now that it's blocked, those ships can't pass through the canal. And it's really causing quite a disturbance. It's been now, I think, on its third or fourth day as of this recording, that they weren't able to move the ship or actually just adjust it. It's still stuck. First, they said it might take a few days. And as of yesterday, I came across an article. Some people say it might take a week and maybe even longer. They don't even know how long it'll take. So this is huge. Yeah. That's why I only buy digital goods with crypto. I don't buy any physical goods anymore. What I heard was the ship lost power, like power steering in a car, but became hard for the captain to maneuver. And I actually watched the flight map of it. Every boat has a GPS, just like a plane. And you can see it bounce around. And from the homework that I've done, I think there's actually tugboats that guide ships through there as well. My understanding is the tugboats are supposed to guide it. And I don't know if it was the sheer mass of the ship or the fact that it had no steering on its own that maybe threw the tugboats off as well. But apparently, in terms of liability, it goes on to the captain. So every port and dock has its own rules. In this specific canal, it's still the captain's fault. So I don't think I really have much interest in who to blame. I just want to see it fixed. And I'm wondering why there aren't more people trying to tackle this problem. And I've heard that in factories, if a supplier causes a delay in auto manufacturing, there's actually contracts that say you will be fined $10,000 a second or a minute, for example, because that is the operating cost. So whatever that number is, $400 million an hour is a huge block in the economy. And I don't know what specific goods are passed through there, but it is a bit crazy to think about. And I think it's worth talking about because it's current events and I wouldn't be surprised if we see a new passage be built. We better learn from this. And this is a great analogy for life. Things will happen and 
no matter how well things are going, things can always come up. And that's the essence of business going through life, which is how do you tackle things as they come and how do you grow from them? Very good point. It makes you wonder with such an important route for maritime traffic to go through for world trade, hindsight 2020, but you think there'll be more preparation. Someone else said that it could be due to weather and very gusty winds or it's a sandstorm that has caused the ship to move off its course and get into a wedge. I find it personally hard to believe. Who knows if that's true or not? I came through another article that says that it could very possibly be due to human error, which sounds more realistic in this case, but it's a very, very narrow canal. And because of that, you'd think they'd have a plan B, an emergency situation where not even a case like this has happened, but what if a ship actually stops midway because of an accident? So they have to be more prepared. And this goes back to you, me, and everyone else listening to the episode where we talk about planning. When you do something so big, you have to understand and account for worst case scenarios. When you take a trade, something we used to talk about a lot in the beginning of our podcast, you always have to have a plan for your entry and exit. You don't know what's going to happen, but you have something in the back of your head. You become more prepared. And this seems to me that lacked preparation. I don't know if it happened before, but it's such a big deal. And it's not just the cost that's going to really affected, but the supply chain is basically affected. People are expecting goods. Now they're not getting it. And it's not just that ship. It's all the other ships that have been blocked. And the only other way for those ships that made it through the Red Sea and they're behind, they have to go all the way around Africa just to get through the other side of Europe. So they need to figure this out and get it done as soon as possible. And I think they're already very late with it because it's been a few days already. I mean... I think that's part of business. I'm going to take the other side of it, which is it's impossible to prepare for everything. Whether you're colonizing planets or making a new business in a new space, I think you do learn as you go. And I think the biggest factor to determining whether or not this was a good outcome, what do we learn from it is all down to how creative can we get? How fast can we respond? And this analogy can be used for so many things. I know Japan has been riddled with earthquakes in the past, and Tokyo is essentially an anti-earthquake city. I don't think they decided to do that after one earthquake. I think it was many. So it really comes down to what are we going to learn from this? How do we solve it now in the short term? I actually did see one of those small backhoe. I mean, it was probably large, but compared to this huge ship, there's this famous picture of this backhoe that's trying to dig around the ship. And I'm just wondering if I guess you need force to unlodge it, right? So just basic physics, either a push or pull style momentum, right? So either you push it almost like pushing a car or you pull on it with ropes. And I'd hate to see those huge chains snap and all that. I think part of why it has been resolved is because it's such a large sum of weight. And I think it's dangerous. It truly sounds like it's not really easy to just fix on your own. So I suppose we'll wait and see. I bet you shipping all around the world is delayed, manufacturing, all sorts of things. Prices of airmail will probably be going up. There's going to be these second order effects for sure that we're going to see from all of this. Yeah, good point. And I do respect your point of view, taking the other side of the situation. It's easy to look back at it and think, yeah, this shouldn't have happened. Maybe that wasn't expected. But what do we do from here? It's something that I actually learned about customer service. John and I 
worked most of our careers in customer service or dealing with customers of some sort. And the best thing I learned when you win loyalty, it's not just the initial experience, but usually it's the after sale or after service. So they could have a bad experience and it just happened that way, but it's how you deal with it. And I have to give big part of that credit to John. And I remember we had a very loyal customer base and I was very proud of that because of the team effort. Sometimes you can see that if a customer had a rough experience, it's what can I do to rectify that for you? The effort that I can put in to try and fix that. So what I'm trying to say here is what do we do from here? And again, this Suez Canal incident is perhaps an example of what we should think of in life as well. And it's sometimes not bad to go through mistakes. That's actually part of the experience. But do we learn from the mistakes? Do we actually try and do something about it to not let it happen again or to actually fix it? And this really paints the picture. Same with COVID. So when COVID happened, some people saw it coming and said, oh, maybe they should have locked up China way before everything happened. Maybe places should have locked down sooner than they actually did. And again, hindsight 2020, but what can we do about it now to prevent this happening again in the future or worse? So now we're more prepared for such a scenario. And we will only really truly understand that we've actually applied our learnings if we're more prepared, if we understand as a human race how to deal with this and work together on dealing with this. So it's not just the incident, but everyone I talk to about it just says, well, how did that happen? It sounds so silly or so basic, or I can unwedge it. They did try the tugboat, pulling it from each end or pushing it from each end in different directions that didn't work. They're trying to clear the land area in front of that ship to give it a bit of room to try to maneuver it in an easier way, but I think that's not working still. I believe there is a company or someone that's trying to now join in terms of lifting the boat from underneath and maybe twisting it of some sort. I could be wrong, but there are some ideas floating around of how to fix this from here onwards. Yeah, how we respond to things is super important. And I suppose what you're getting at is like things in our business, when something goes wrong, we develop a process so it doesn't happen again. And I always say that Mistakes should be the exception, not the rule, because if you're a good person, you want to do good business, mistakes will drive you crazy. There's a lot of dysfunction in how things work and customers aren't happy and disappointed. And whether your business falls apart or just doesn't do as well, why even show up if you're not going to give it your all and do the right thing and do well? So I'm a huge believer in process and learning from things that way. And I think the smartest process does come after the fact. We can only do our best to guess, but until you test a new product with customers and the old programming joke is whatever you're most proud of in terms of a feature or design, just give it to a real person and they'll break it in five seconds because there's always someone who will try and use software a way that you didn't think of. And there's just so many examples and cases to go through that it's almost impossible to implement the right way. And that is why actually I think the most successful companies are simple and add immense value. And going to software for a second, we've had clients who sell us software, but they want to build tools for a car business. And a lot of them suck. And even the new ones, we go through so many growing pains of features that we request and want to see. And I think it's an interesting problem, which is 
can you recognize things that need to be improved and can you develop them? So if you want a high level way to think of starting your own business, I would say what's broken? What would the fix look like? And what's the quickest A to B to that fix that you can either code yourself or get a team together, get some money together and money just feel, I think money should come last. I never think it should be the thing because it's the most scarce for most people especially if you don't live a sustainable life. Also, people romanticize money. They think, well, okay, I've got a million or a hundred million dollars, I'm rich, but you're undermining your original goal of making the world better. So I think flipping the perspective to say, what's my mission? What do I want to work on? What do I want to improve in this world is essentially the right way to do it. And then what's the most clever way to deconstruct the problem? And how can I do it for the lowest price, bring it to market and test it? And For products, testing is such a huge part of software. So you A and B test things, meaning you'll test two versions of a product or a website and see which one people use more and which one people like. That's how a lot of big apps tend to iterate through their product and they can't just shut down or totally overhaul. I know Snapchat went through some bad press for overhauling their version of their app. And if you change too much too fast, it can be a bad thing people will churn and drop off and stop using it. So, I mean, software is the easy example because it's low cost, easy to iterate, but this huge boat can't just be software updated, I don't think. Maybe if they're fully electric one day, but that's a good point. And you'll have to build anti-beaching devices, meaning getting stuck on land. And I mean, the classic way on a car would be get a bigger car to lift it up, tow it. So I wonder, maybe someone can Google and let us know how many bigger boats are there than this evergreen boat? Can someone else tow it? Even to grab on. And I would start to measure the weight of this thing and say, well, what if we unload everything? Is it feasible? At this point, $10 billion a day, I'm sure it would cost, let's say a billion dollars to unload this barge. Well worth it if we're burning tens of billions, maybe a hundred billion. What if this thing burns a trillion dollars? That would seem like the biggest waste in society, right? Wasting a trillion dollars on a non-moving economy. But I would ultimately say, well, now I know there's trillions of dollars moving through the economy. Now I have a better understanding of that. And I would start to think, well, how much does it cost? The cliche examples, world hunger, cure cancer. And this is exactly what I want our listeners to take away from this. If you can quantify the world into a known number, how many trillions would it take to feed everyone? One of the most famous examples is modified grains of rice or corn to feed people on food that's easier for them to grow locally. So you don't have to import and export. And I know a lot of companies focus on local manufacturing for that reason. And you don't have transport costs. So these are called cost of goods sold. And all these things matter. All you're doing is scaling them up. It's important. It's important in any business, whether it's just 100,000 users or tens of millions of users. And when you think of the life experience, and there's so many people on this earth, you don't have to be good at everything. But Find what you enjoy. And if you're building a mission-driven company, hire people who enjoy that part that you don't like or are smarter than you in certain areas and help them grow with you, right? So I think that is the takeaway I would say, which is how do you turn this into a positive? What can you learn about this experience? And how do you think about the world differently? I think every mistake is essentially a learning opportunity to see the world a new way because if we could see the mistake coming, assuming we're good people and we wouldn't do it on purpose, then the learning is the lesson. That is 
the lesson always comes after the mistake. Well said. Trying to look at the bright side here. There's always a flip side to the coin. And like you mentioned, it's easy to look at it now and think, oh, that was a big mistake, but not much you can do about it now, but try to fix it as soon as possible. But this goes back to everything else in life. It's not the end of the world in this scenario, but it does paint a picture. If anything, COVID is a way bigger cost in terms of the economy of what it did globally than this. But it's just a time where demand has been slowly increasing, vaccines have been out, and now we're facing an even tougher, more difficult supply issue. And it's economically going to affect things in terms of providing the products to consumers out there. And it's going to cause price hikes because of lack of supply. Maybe people need to be patient. It's a good point. It may open up other streams of opportunity, perhaps. Maybe someone can come up with something quite intelligent, quite ingenious in the sense of, well, I have an idea that will maybe avoid having this issue altogether, even though it's a one-time incident, but there's a more efficient way that I can deal with this and can come up with a proposal and maybe a new thing comes into play. So with COVID, there are things like working from home, this became a more global thing, and everyone just became way more aware of having their transactions done online, remote, and digital. Because of that, there are a lot of new things that really pushed mankind, hopefully, to the better in terms of being more efficient, is basically what I'm trying to say. So maybe this can spark an idea for someone out there to come up with something quite ingenious, especially when you're talking one canal being blocked globally, and it's causing $10 billion a day worth of cargo not being delivered. So there is an opportunity for someone out there to capitalize on this and create something that maybe someone else didn't think of. Yeah. The whole thing I want to bring to the table is it is perspective because every hardship in life is an opportunity to do better, to make the world better. And that is the human condition because we all have our hundred years on this earth. And if we're not making the world better, how will we move forward as a civilization? That won't happen without innovation or without people saying, this is what I'm going to work on. And we talk about compounding a lot. Imagine if on the average, instead of everyone trying to get by, if we actually solved for the things that hold people back from being their best self and made everyone productive, made everyone into micro entrepreneurs, solved the things like healthcare, food, and all these other things that bring upon conflict between people. I think that would actually accelerate all the things that really bring good to our lives. So the Elon Musks of the world and the people who bring real change in such a profound way, I nod my head to and say, awesome job, because that's what I looked up to. I looked up to people who just work on solving things. So many people want to hate and say, well, okay, you're a billionaire. Why are you rich? And I'm not. But the output of someone like that taking us to Mars or bringing sustainable energy is just so high. It's really hard to knock someone down like that, in my opinion. Why would you even bother you're going to get mad because people have done something with their lives. I don't think it makes sense. And I think what you focus on in life really has an effect on what your future will be. And just to kind of wrap this up, this is my example of why what you think about and what you do with your time does matter. And not only that, I think it really proves that you are in control of what you become. And you decide what you let in, what you focus on, and you decide 
what you will be in the future. And it's not about knowing the future. It's about knowing where you want to start and where you want to lead and where you want to explore back to just being curious and wanting to solve things, wanting to do better. All those things matter and all those things will turn into your future self. You're essentially building your future self. So if anyone wants a business idea out there, I like to always bring those up. How can you fix shipping? How can you make that more disaster proof, make the economy more disaster proof, whether it is pandemics or just human error or anything? These are all problems that when selling a business, if you can save a huge amount of money, that's an instant buy. No one will say no to that. If it saves money, saves time, and doesn't have any bad repercussions, you're solving a problem that no one's going to say no to. The rest is just figuring out the economics in between. Can you solve the problem? How much is it going to cost? And then just go start knocking on doors. That's why I'm a fan of that sales background because not being afraid to bring it out there and preach about it. There's all these little bits and pieces that you want to develop. And I think it is a long process. And I saw something cool on Twitter recently from someone I follow. It was all about building skills, which is, are you building skills or are you complaining about the world? Are you going to learn something new? whether it's sales, whether it's how the economy works, whether it's coding or whatever interests you. And the Suez Canal is a great example. I know nothing about shipping. If it interests you, learn about it. Google every article and try and learn. And there's so many smart people online on places like Reddit or anywhere where you can engage with people. Twitter is another good example. And you can have actual smart conversations with people. It essentially takes the academic setting where you're paying to be there, there's an authoritative style lecture of someone saying, I'm going to tell you what you should know. And no one asks questions. People are afraid to ask questions. Learning should be the opposite, which is a mutual discourse about something that two people find intriguing. And that is the beauty of the internet. It brings an even playing field to learn and grow and be curious about stuff. And all of a sudden, your mind could be blown because you learned something you never knew before. And you could actually, in a small way, help influence the world. And maybe you're talking to the person who's working on this problem directly on Twitter. And there's been endless cases of that where you can talk to smart people who are doing cool things. And just wanted to wrap up by saying that perspective is everything, how you look at things, how you try and solve things. And I mean, mistakes are just a part of life. That's normal. Happens all the time. But what your perspective is, how you're going to learn and grow from it, I think is the outcome that will make us all better. Absolutely, John. Learning hasn't been as accessible as it has been now ever in its history. And it's fun. It's exciting. And I'm not talking in the traditional academic way. It still could be fun that way. But I mean, for the most part, it is, I think, maybe past us. It's a bit archaic in its design and system. That's my personal opinion. So don't at me. But basically, everything's online. And I've learned so much from just reading and watching videos and going through things and trying to test them all online. And I've learned incredible amount of information from fitness to finance, to automotive, to astronomy, you name it, all the things that fascinate me knowing that I will improve myself. And this is an example Maybe some people didn't even know that this was canal that even existed. And it could be an opening opportunity for someone out there to learn and maybe look into it and think that I have a way in my mind that actually can maybe fix this. 
And it could be just a complete average Joe sitting at home and they actually might have the solution to this, but they never shared it online or anywhere. So you could be the one to help fix the situation or other problems in the future. I think that sums it up pretty well. Perspective matters, learn and grow, talk to people, make connections. The more you ask the world about the questions you have, the more it's going to answer back and you're going to meet people who are in that space or who are focusing on similar things. And there really is no excuse now with the internet. It just will connect everybody and you got to take the step and not expect everything to happen right away, but you have to put yourself out there. I think that is the takeaway here. So with that said, let's wrap up today's episode. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Thanks, everyone.